It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 331 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, May 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, of course, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you, of course, can find links to every single episode. Make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network as well. Team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. You got Lockdown Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Lockdown NBA, five days a week with a whole gaggle of different hosts hosting that show. Uh, I believe David Locke was on a show today with Sean Kelly, who does radio play-by-play for the Pelicans, previewing the Western Conference Finals, so make sure you check out that. And uh, you can find all the shows together on the Lockdown NBA iTunes channel. Please find Lockdown Raptors over there uh, on its own separate page on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places you find podcasts. And leave a rating or a review. It's the best way to support the show and show that you care. Uh, and I very much appreciate you taking the time. Speaking of the Lockdown Podcast Network, I am joined today by fellow network host Eric Gunderson, who is the host of Lockdown Blazers. Uh, it might seem weird that we're doing a Raptors-Blazers crossover podcast, but as you'll come to learn in this podcast... There are a million different different uh, sort of crossover and parallels between these two teams that are pretty fascinating, pretty interesting. That uh, yeah, they're, 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 there's lots of ways to weave these two teams together at sort of the crossroads they're at right now. Uh, we talked a lot about sort of just the whole philosophy of blowing it up or not blowing it up, and we commiserated about losing to transcendent superstars in the playoffs and getting swept. Uh, it's a really good show. So thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the conversation here with Eric Gunderson. We'll be back again probably tomorrow. I might do a mailbag podcast or something like that to wrap up the week. And then next week, I'm going to start doing some player review podcasts, things like that. Um, So stay tuned for those. We're still very much uh, going to be doing lots of stuff in the next little while here. 
uh, to close out the regular season and the off season and tee it all up. And uh, there's no draft this season for the for the Raptors. They don't have any picks right now, so probably not much in the way of like prospect previews, which I'm I'm glad about because I hate doing that stuff because I don't know anything and really nobody else does either. But um, we will uh, do some other postseason stuff and all that good stuff. Uh, talk about the finals probably throughout the finals as well. So uh, stay tuned. Lots of stuff coming up on Locked On Raptors. But first, let's get to the conversation now with Locked On Blazers host Eric Gunderson. We will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors, and I'm joined today by uh, fellow in basketball sadness, Eric Gunderson, the host of Locked On Blazers. How's it going, man? Dude, it's uh, it's, go- it's going all right, man. I, I, I was the weather here is, is kind of nice. I'm able to walk back and forth to, to work a lot. So that's that's been great. Uh, and that's been helping with the, the basketball sadness for sure here in, in, in Portland that uh, I think every basketball fan is dealing with. Yeah, I At thought... At least here, and I don't know. How, how, how are you? I know it's still, still... It's a lot fresher for you right now. Yeah, we're still waiting in, like, the sea of blow it up think pieces that are coming out and it's exhausting uh, there was a, a little moment tonight where a few people i follow on twitter were discussing and talking themselves into andrew wiggins as a potential trade candidate it's a uh, it's dark times right now but i think it'll sort of as the playoffs go on and more teams embarrass themselves <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens with the celtics against the Cavs. we'll see uh the the attention kind of go away from the raptors it's kind of funny how Raptors fans, not me, because I don't really care. And I, I, I think the less that the Raptors are covered, the more people are likely to listen to things like this. But, like, I kind of find it funny how Raptors fans talked all year about, oh, please cover us, cover us, please, pay attention. And now it's uh, the last thing anybody wants is, like, intelligent people just ripping apart the team. And, uh, yeah. So oh, that's, I, the, oh, that's yeah. the spot we're in right now. Oh, yeah. I think Blazers fans are still very much in that spot. And I think... Um, it, it's a little bit worse because the cap situation with Portland, I think, and also um, ju- just that that when when talking about the future, you know, like you guys are like right now. I saw the Andrew Wiggins thing today, <laughs> um, and like you know, I think the only thing that most fans are thinking of in terms of trades is like trading CJ. But even then, I don't know if they're if they're really thinking that. And obviously, the obvious trades that a lot of people want to do to the Blazers is trade Evan Turner. You know, trade Myers Leonard, and, and and I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, just because I just don't know if other teams are going to. I don't know what the the market is for those guys, and at the price that they're at, considering the cap situation. And so, um, yeah, I think people people here are still a little bummed out. I think, uh, I think blowing it up though. I I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think there, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of both here Mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot i think there's a lot of blow it up and then there's also a good deal of okay we have damon cj like try it again yeah i think that's it's kind of a similar thing here there's always been factions that are like pro keep it together and pro blow it up this happened last year too when they got swept by the Cavs or the raptors did and it was like before Masai came out and did like the culture reset spiel and all that stuff like people were like yeah like just move on let's let's just blow it up let's not bring Kyle back let's let him walk in the offseason which was always dumb because you were never going to get anything close to Kyle Lowry as a as a replacement for him and you know I I don't know I I'm so staunchly anti blow it up that maybe I'm biased in this whole thing in the conversation about it just because 
Like, man, I'm not trying to go back to days where Ed Davis, shouts to Ed Davis, where Ed Davis was like the beacon of hope for the future. And I, I don't know. It's when you have a five year run of being this good and three years in a row of winning 50 games, like, it's hard to blow that up, especially when, like, in the Raptors situation, they were not supposed to be as good as they were this year. The young guys were never supposed to kind of hit as quickly as they did. And 2018-19 was always supposed to be more of the go-all-in year after they signed Kyle and Serge to three-year deals. And so, like, it feels premature to blow it up. And I just kind of wish they'd just let it run run its course and then, you know, reassess after this season when maybe there's a bit more cap flexibility and stuff. But, I don't know, I'm also kind of struggling with this thing because, and this, I think, is another sort of parallel with the Blazers. Like, how do you even reconcile losing to, like, a transcendent superstar that, like, he just owns you. And, and, like, Anthony Davis isn't LeBron just yet, but, like, the way in which he just owned that series and, like, the matchup just never made sense and he, that was always going to be a tough series for the Blazers to stop Anthony Davis. Like, the Raptors just have no answer for LeBron James. They haven't for three years. But I don't know how much of, like, an indictment of that is on them. And, like, you know this. You write for LeBron Wire. Like, you watch this. Like, it, yeah. I don't know how to evaluate the Raptors and how good they are next to LeBron because I think it's kind of dumb to grade him next grade them next to LeBron because like look at him he's insane he's maybe the best player ever and I just I've struggled with this for three years now and trying to like evaluate how good the Raptors are while their seasons continue to end in such horrifying fashion at the hands of LeBron James hi I'm Jake from Locked On there's a lot to say when buying a new home or car but really the first words you want to say are Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, it's kind of funny that now that we, we talk about this with the Anthony Davis situation and the LeBron situation, I think there is another similarity that they share in relation to both of those guys is I think that the two guys that are on each team that would have been the better matchups aren't ready yet. Hmm. OG OG and OG is like OG had a good series, he's still not ready like all the way yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still nowhere close to what he's gonna be. And I think Zach Collins in a lot of ways for the Blazers he was really good at times in this in the playoff series, and I think if there was one positive to take away from the series, in the same way that there's I think positives to take away from Toronto in the loss to LeBron, was that Zach Collins played really well. And if you can kind of think about what he can do ideally, um, at least for Collins's perspective, not necessarily OG, I think he's the perfect complement to what you have with Damon CJ in theory right Mm -hmm. like if he develops into what you think he can be he can shoot the three he can move he can pass he can defend the rim like and but he's 20 and so there's no way he's going to be ready for anthony davis right now and he might not be next he's not going to be next year either but like you know the hope is that he can just get a little bit you know 
move, elevate his game up to elevate the rest of the team up, and then maybe you, know, you just hope you don't match up with Anthony Davis again. Yeah, like that's kind of where I'm at with the Raptors. It's like it's pathetic and kind of a weird way to go about like your future outlook for the team. But it's like just like wait out LeBron. Like he might leave this offseason. Maybe he goes to some other East team that's not quite as equipped with role players as the Cavs or maybe he just like starts to get old I don't know it's going to happen at some point maybe I've been talking myself into this for three years and it's probably not going to happen in the next three or five but like eventually it's going to happen and eventually this run of making the finals will stop and my whole like argument against blowing it up is like while you're in the position to be good still I don't really see the point in you know prematurely blowing it up because like a year from now, if LeBron does go west and Joel Embiid gets hurt and the, the Celtics, you know, maybe Kyrie gets hurt, maybe there's some regression for Jalen or Jason Tatum or whatever, and, like, you look at the Raptors and, like, the young guys say, like, you trade DeMar or Kyle or both, and, like, you look at OG and Pascal and, like, these guys, maybe they really take a step next season, and you look at the East and it was kind of up for grabs, you're going to hate yourself for blowing it up too soon. And, like, I think that's kind of where the Blazers should be, too. I think the Blazers are in a tough, tougher spot because there's two teams, I think, at the top of the conference that seem to be kind of these barriers. And, you know, who knows if other teams are going to sort of move into that zone as well. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm always of the mind that while you have the pieces on hand to be good, just be good. Like, the title or bust thing, I don't get it as, like, a sports fan. You're always going to be sad if you're title or bust. Like, are you – is that kind of – like, would you agree with that? Like, are you more oh, of a, just like no. enjoy the regular season for what it is? If something great uh, happens, awesome. If not, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally like that. I mean, I, especially it, being an NBA fan. I mean, I mean, I don't know how you can enjoy the NBA. Yeah. As a championship, like it's not the NFL. It's not baseball. Like, let's be real. Like those those teams have way more. You know widely distributed championships than the NBA does because the NBA is dependent on superstars and transcended stars and like sometimes you know great teams with like you know really great players instead of transcendent stars win championships and I think that in the case of both Toronto and Portland they they have they, they do have really great players they might not have transcendent stars but they have great players and Sometimes the transcendent stars don't win. I mean, that happens a lot, actually. You know, mm-hmm. it's it just I I do think that you have to give yourself a chance to be lucky. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you have to give yourself a chance to have a series where Evan Turner hits all of his mid range jumpers. You know what I mean? Like, like it it it, it sounds stupid, but like. How many times in the playoffs does something crazy happen that statistically was not expected? We just saw it with the Celtics over the Sixers. Like it happens. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the the like point differential wise, like the Sixers were better. Mm-hmm. You know, like in in a bunch of those games and shot quality and all this stuff. But like, you have to put your. I think there's there is merit in putting giving yourself a chance to get lucky you know, against a team that might be favored or better in a series. And, like, yeah, Portland's problem is that they have Golden State and Houston, but they still have Damian Lillard, who's a really great player. C.J. McCollum is a really, really good player. Who And and I just think that if you can give yourself a chance to maybe get hot with a bunch of your other guys, you do it. I mean, especially when you have a guy like Damian Lillard who has been so solid for this team – has delivered so much since he got here day one 
and he wants a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it, it, you can't like, and I, 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 it's not worth alienating him. You know what I mean? Like it's not worth alienating your star player who has put in the work for you for six years. You know, it's just not. And who's also is your max guy? Like, if you're not going to try now, when are you ever going to try? Because because waiting for LeBron James or Anthony Davis, you know, is is dumb. You're you're not going to get the next guy every year or every two years or every five years. Yeah, that's the thing that I think a lot of people who are pro blow it up kind of overlook. Like, I think, and I, I think the Blazers are in a less. I think that their, like, blow it up case makes a lot less sense than the Raptors. Like, the Raptors, you could make the case, like, Kyle's kind of getting older, and DeMar, maybe he'll never be more valuable, whatever. Like, I can see it. I still don't agree with it, but I can see where the argument comes from. But, like, for the people who are pro-blow it up, like, I'd like to see, this might be the next frontier of, like, analytics. It's like, how often do actual rebuilds work? And, like, to what degree do they work? Because... You know where the Raptors and Blazers are right now. Like that, I would argue that's like a successful rebuild. If you were to tear it all down and get to a point where you can win 50 games and be a top, you know, four seed, get home court a bunch of years in a row, like I'm pretty sure a lot of teams would say that's a successful rebuild, considering you know all the things that go into it. Like you get a star player or two, and you 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 assemble a pretty good team. Like considering how rare transcendent stars are, I think that is pretty much. Like close to a best case scenario, and then you have like the otherworldly scenario where you do get a LeBron or an Anthony Davis. But even then, like the Pelicans got Anthony Davis, and they still are so far away from winning a title because it takes more than one guy. And like the Sixers as well. I mean, the Sixers I think will get there. They're really good, and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid rule. But it took them five or six years to get there. It was not smooth the entire time. There, there's still like a big injury question hanging over Embiid, and I think there always will be. Um, and like Simmons still has his issues as well. Like it's not a guaranteed thing, man. The only really guaranteed thing is to rip off the stupid Brooklyn Nets in a trade and set yeah, yourself up for oh fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Or, or or be the Thunder and hit yeah. on all your picks for three years in a row. Like and then trade it, one of them away and not sign or not keep the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just and, and I think. Like one of the things that I've looked to, and I mentioned this on the podcast after uh, the end of the playoff series, was that I think Toronto is a good example of like it's not sexy and it doesn't sound cool, but like you draft guys and you hope that they turn into rotation players or good players or like you hope rotation players turn into starters and you know all that stuff. Like 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 it doesn't sound cool. It's not as fun as getting guys in free agency or making a big trade, but like you got, I think the Raptors really showed this year that like the bench, like all those young guys really did take a step. And yes, they didn't, you know, they didn't do it against LeBron, but like, come on, nobody has in the East for the last eight years. So like to, to, to hold that against them, I just don't, I just don't agree with it. I think you can, you know, stick with what you've got and hope for more growth from the team from within and i think you know portland you can you want you want to hope for a similar thing i think you know if the contract for nurkic isn't too crazy maybe you take nurkic back you know like i think the growth that valanchunas has made year over year is proof that you know you know none of these guys are finished products and i think i think nurkic could get better i think that zach collins is definitely going to get better 
you know, I, I think you have guys on your team in there, and obviously, you know, they get another draft pick this year. So, I, I mean, it's not fun or, you know, sexy to talk about, but, like, that's kind of the only way that either of these teams is really going to get better. Yeah, and I also wonder, too, like, you know, everyone glorifies what Hinky did with the Sixers, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's the only way to guarantee a star. But, like, that's not it at all. And I, I honestly think, like, if you look at some of the best teams in the league or even just, like, the sort of second-tier teams, like, a lot of them just got good by being competent and not bottoming out and sort of using their competence to sort of make their own luck a little bit, right? Like, the Rockets... They put themselves in a position to trade for James Harden while also sort of being competitive and not being a total tire fire. And like the Celtics, by being a competitive team while also sort of, you know, stockpiling these assets and ripping off Billy King, like they made themselves a desirable destination for Gordon Hayward and Al Horford. And like the Raptors and Blazers, I think it's different maybe a little bit because they're not like prime traditional destinations for free agents, but like. I don't know. I think there's a lot of value in just sort of being good. You draft well. You sort of maintain your flexibility. You maintain your picks, and you try to stockpile assets as well as you can while also being good. And, like, I don't know. I don't rule the Raptors out of making a trade this summer. Like, they have OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Like, they don't have picks on hand because they had to, you know, attach one to get rid of Damari Carroll. But, like, they have young guys who, you know, in a world where superstar players don't exactly fetch enormous returns anymore— and, you know, where you have other contracts on the team as well that you could potentially ship out to match. Like, the Raptors are in a position where if there's a bidding war that's not quite super hot for a superstar somewhere, like, they could get on get on some action. I think the Blazers probably could too. They have Zach Collins, like you mentioned. Like, they... they and, and, like, McCollum is a nice piece to dangle in a trade if you want to try to upgrade on the wing or whatever. Like, being competent puts you in a position to also maybe rebuild from the middle as opposed to rebuilding from the bottom. So... Like, I don't think it has to be, like, a zero-sum game where it's like, oh, you just, like, keep going or you rebuild. Like, you can kind of just keep going and also rebuild at the same time if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and I think I think both teams have done that uh, really well. I mean, Toronto filling out their bench the way they have for the last few years. And I think Portland, too, you know, I know they get a lot of crap for the summer of 2016, and they should, you know, for how much... Uh, you know how much how much money they spent and how it kind of strapped them, but you know Alan Crabb came was a second round pick and earned his way to that contract, and then they eventually traded him, and that was a contract from the Nets. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I think uh, Pat Connaughton is another good example, second round pick that the Blazers developed into a good player. I mean, Harkless was traded for basically nothing to the Blazers, and he got better, and is was a really important part of this year's team and you know i'd argue had he not gotten hurt maybe the first round looks a little bit different if there's a healthy harkless mm-hmm. um but you know so i think there's a lot of examples on both teams with like delon wright or purtle or van vliet you know on on the raptors and the guys i just mentioned for portland that you know there's exa- it's not like we're bsing here like this is this is all stuff that is true mm-hmm. you know like and i know that sometimes Fans can get caught up in like, am I being delusional? Well, like, no, we're like pointing out like real examples of like guys that have, you know, become pretty solid players uh, via player development. And that's an important part of being a good NBA team. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. 
Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And also, the other thing, too, is like I, I think both the Blazers and Raptors have had like recent kind of crossroads in their history. I think 2013-14 was that for the Raptors when they tried to blow it up. Like They traded Rudy Gay. They were James Dolan getting scared of Masai Ujiri away from trading Kyle Lowry to the Knicks. And like... I don't know. Like, There's no way to say how that rebuild would have worked out. I mean, the whole thing that year was everyone wanted to tank for Andrew Wiggins because he's from you know just north of Toronto and everyone was excited about that. But like, say that dream scenario did happen and the Raptors got Andrew Wiggins. Like, You're not any further along. <laughs> you're really not. C- maybe... CIA, ba- CIA bounce reunion. <laughs> I mean, maybe... Shout out, sh- shout out to all the Canadians. Yeah. yeah I, just wanted, I just wanted to flex a little bit of my Canadian basketball knowledge. Well, yeah, because all the Oregon guys, right? I guess you—it's just by association. They're—they're they're just. Uh, oh yeah, we in have face we, yeah, we're ba- yeah, basically Canada's favorite college basketball team. <laughs> except, uh, except for except for R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I'm mad he's going to Duke. That sucks. But now the like, Raptors fans want to tank for R.J. Barrett now too, which the Raptors are probably too good to tank for R.J. Barrett this year. That's oh, the reality. Yeah. Like even if they get rid of Kyle Demar, Surge, like. And Jonas, like their young guys are probably too good and too competent. Like I, I don't know. It, that's the thing. It, it's it all goes back to this. Like the the Blazers after they lost all those guys that summer were Aldridge and Matthews and Lopez and who was the other guy? Batuma left. Like they could uh-huh. have easily gone in the tank as well. But they were like, no. Like we'll. we'll I, I'm not sure they like earnestly tried to make the playoffs and be what the four or five seed that year. But like being competent got them there and making good additions. Like Alfaru Camino was a really great pickup that worked really well. Um, and like, you know, before they traded him, uh, whatever Plumlee was on the team was good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Plumlee had a really good season yeah. uh, that year when they got the fifth seed, I think, and they got, you know, the two injuries against uh, the Clippers by, for Blake and Chris Paul. Yeah. That definitely helped. But, you know, they, yeah, and I think, you know, part of it was, again, an example of, you know, competing while building with your draft assets and, and getting guys better. I mean, CJ McCollum. I didn't even mention, you know, and CJ was, you know, on the bench for his first two seasons and now is an all-star level contributor. I mean, I mean, if it wasn't, if he wasn't in the West with how many great guards there are, or I mean, in the NBA really, with just how many really great guards there are, you know, he, he would be an all-star. I mean, his numbers are on that level. And I think, uh, that is something that both teams are doing is, is not giving away, you know, draft picks and stuff like that. Although Portland did give one away in Lamarcus's contract year, but um, you know, you got you just have to be smart, hold on to those assets, and and hope that you know your draft picks hit, and then you develop those assets. You know, you don't just pick a guy in the draft and he becomes. You know, I think that's why a lot of, uh, or at least a couple of Portland's assistant coaches are getting, uh, and and I think the Raptors as well are getting interviews. Yeah, uh, with, with with other teams because. Uh, Portland and Toronto, I think, have done a really good job of developing draft picks into really good players. 
Yeah, that's kind of Jerry Stackhouse's whole bag with the G League team, right? Like, half of the roster was on the G League team last year. It's, you know, I think if you have a strong organization, you can kind of cut corners a little bit on totally blowing it up, I think is kind of the the point I'm trying to make here. And Like, if you just look at, like, some of the best teams in the league, I mean, the Rockets never really had a high pick. They traded for James Harden, signed Chris Paul. Uh, Clint Capella was, like, the 25th pick. The Warriors, like, famously never had a super high pick, but just, like... Through bringing in Steve Kerr and you know, kind of building to, the, to their potential with Draymond and all that stuff, like they ended up being able to sign Kevin Durant. You have the Cavs; they had a bunch of first round, first overall picks, and kind of botched them all except for Kyrie. And you know, even that, like that team didn't work around just Kyrie. But they, you know, they were lucky as hell with like LeBron being born next door. So maybe they're a different sort of yeah. team here. But like the Pacers didn't have to, you know nuke it right like they you know had a competent roster of players that could make a trade of a guy Paul George who they also didn't draft with a very high pick like I think there's like a this sort of fallacy that just like assumes that if you tank hard you're gonna get a superstar but I think we've seen that even just like if you do get one superstar that's probably not enough like look at the Bucks right now man like they're two years away from yeah like they're very close like time goes fast and they're a year or two away from Giannis's future there being like a legitimate question. The Wizards had a first overall pick with John Wall, and they're a disaster. Like, there's no, I don't think there's like an obvious way to build. Like, I think a lot of it's just luck, and like you can get luck while also staying good instead of you know totally ripping it down. And being yeah. good is is fine. It's 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 all right. Like you're gonna deal with heartbreak every year, but overall, like the year's fun. Regular seasons are cool. Yeah, and I yeah. think you know Philadelphia did what they did, but I I just don't think every can do that it's just everybody can't do that yeah. it's just not it's just not going to work and I think building a team with a bunch of young players the way that both of these teams are obviously they have expensive players but it's like you know like Boston I think did a really good job and obviously they ripped off Brooklyn but they did a good job of building and trying to win you know they got Brad Stevens a coach they believed in um, you know Stotts has been here for a long time and uh, I and Dwayne Casey has been with the Raptors for a while and I know that there's a lot of question about you know I think you know at least at least there was questions about both of them but I, I it feels like it feels at least to me for the the Blazers it does feel like they're going to stay with Olshay and Stotts mm-hmm. uh it doesn't feel like to me that they're going to uh, fire them. I don't know. What's your read on what what's going on with Dwayne Casey? I, obviously, Masai is, is going to be there, but uh, Dwayne Casey, I think, was the the question for a lot of people. Yeah, I have no idea what's up with Dwayne. Uh, it seemed weird that the day that there were a couple reports that they were leaning towards moving on from him, that he had a press conference that they called to like just you know do his year end thing or whatever. Like, I, I feel like if they were close to a decision on that, they would have you know held off on that and maybe not forced Dwayne up there to answer some pretty awkward questions two hours after those reports reports came out. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm going back and forth on it. I think it's you could defend getting rid of him. I also don't think it's going to change much in terms of the scope of the Eastern Conference and being up against LeBron. Like, I don't think any new coach, I don't think Jerry Stackhouse or Nick Nurse coming in changes your fortunes against LeBron. That's just kind of the reality until you get a player who is as good or better than LeBron. And hey, guess what? That's not happening. So, yeah, I... I I'd be very happy with Dwayne Casey coming back. I'd be understanding if they were to move on, but like I wouldn't have any illusions about it changing the fortunes. 
Um, and I, I think it's a good idea for the Blazers to keep Terry Stotts as well. Like I think he's a good ass coach. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think I think I mean not to interrupt, but I no. Just, I mean I think. Listen, I think there was a lot of pressure on everybody on the team to get the defense better this year, and they did that. They were mm-hmm. a top ten defense. And, you know, Dame, I think, did a lot of work to, to get better on the defensive end. And they, like, committed, like, their entire training camp, basically, to playing defense. Problem was is that they just were not – they were not – they literally were not really practicing their offense, from what I understand, as much as they were practicing their defense. And that really hurt them, I think. And I think Stotts is – an offensive coach. That's how he made his bones in the league. And I think you give him another year to kind of build off of what that they did on the defensive end and kind of get back to, you know, their flow concepts and ball move and moving the ball more. I mean, the Blazers offense normally was like really good and really free flowing and the ball moved and they were, I think last in the NBA in passes this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, but I think they have the right guy already to fix that. I don't think they need to go outside of the staff that they have to kind of figure things out. I just think once you get in the middle of the season and you're not really, you know, I think if they can build off the defensive concepts that they really refined this year with getting back to their offensive identity of the past few years, I think they could have another good year. That's kind of wild. Like that's not even that. That's another parallel that I didn't even really consider between these two teams. And that like it was kind of the inverse for the Raptors, where the entire season was about changing their offense so it would fit and and more be more adaptable in the playoffs. And it was like the offense was not a problem in these playoffs. It was the defense, particularly against LeBron James and against like top level offenses. It was too conservative. It was too prone to getting you know destroyed by singular talents. And that is obviously what you're going to come across when it's LeBron James and. Again, like I'm not sure the blame for where the defense sort of faltered this season. I think kind of falls on a few different spots. I think it's on you know Dwayne Casey for maybe adapting to a more conservative type scheme than he's had in the past. But at the same time, like you have Jonas Valanciunas, who's not a guy who you want to be playing an aggressive defensive scheme with. You want him to just hang back near the rim, take advantage of his talents as a rim protector, a guy who's pretty good at verticality and stuff like that. And you know that worked, and they were a top five defense this year. And also, I think like. Another year of OG Ananobi and Jakob Pertl and, you know, even Norman Powell hopefully getting back on track and Pascal Siakam, like, there's a very good defense hidden within some of these players, and I think it can kind of be more LeBron-friendly, if that makes any sense, it, it, with another year or two of seasoning, and so, yeah, I, I think, and, and Dwayne Casey's always been more of a defensive coach, right? Like, his defense was the one that sort of stifled LeBron in that 2011 finals, and you know, was a big reason why LeBron had to sort of change his game and, and rethink how he played the game. He talked about that during one of his post-game press conferences during this series. And I, I think Casey has sort of the wherewithal to craft a defensive scheme. I, I think, yeah, maybe they did this put too much bandwidth into changing the offense this season. And maybe now as that's going to be more habit going into next season, assuming they bring everyone back, like maybe they can focus more on defense. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's... An interesting point you make, but it is definitely it's also, it's applicable also funny, to both. It's, sorry, it's also funny just given the parallels of Stotts and Casey because they yeah. were both they've both uh, been on the same coaching staffs like a zillion times. They were on the same coaching staffs in Seattle, and then they were on the same coaching staff in Dallas. Yeah, and like Stotts was like the offensive guy, and Casey was the defensive guy, and uh, it's just so funny that the the inverse is is happening with both of the teams uh but uh in both of the coaches which is it's just really funny but 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else to, to add? I mean, I don't know. I think we both kind of talked about the off season and and the draft and, and and all the things. It's kind of funny how many similarities and like how the differences are basically reversed yeah. with both of these teams. It's pretty funny. Um, but hey, I mean, this is uh, you know somebody has to not make the finals every year, and you just sometimes you try and you're you're out early, and I think there's. I don't think, at least with either of these teams, with the performances that they went up against, I don't think that it, 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 there's too much to hang your head about, even though it sucks. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's the the best way I can I can put it. Sometimes LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis, and that's pretty much all you can do about it. And you just got to tip your cap. And it sucks in the moment, and Raptors fans are losing their minds right now and want change. But uh, I I would hesitate before doing that because the grass isn't always greener and no I don't have anything else I think we've covered everything man this is uh, I, I expected to be much sadder on this I, I've kind of talked myself into believing again which uh, shout out to sports for constantly roping me Gosh. back in but yeah oh, man. I thought I was going to be sadder well you know what it's good It's good that we could kind of we, we'd have this kind of group therapy session and, and realize that hey it's not it, it's not so bad the true value of the Locked On Podcast Network is just having readily available people to talk it out with. Is uh, yeah, I think what yeah. we've settled on here. Speaking of which, you should subscribe. You should subscribe to all the Locked On shows, but especially Locked On Raptors and Locked On Blazers. Uh, Eric, do you have any special shows coming up? People should know about or. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna have Corbin Smith on the podcast. Uh, so doing doing the, the Corbs podcast again. He comes on uh, pretty frequently. Is this Blazers uh, After Dark. Yeah, it's the L O B After Dark. Yeah, <laughs> um, for for the real lobster heads out there. Uh, and then also just uh, I'm still writing uh, about um, editing and writing over at LeBron Wire. So uh, check out the LeBronWire.usatoday.com. Um, so go check that out too. Right on. Gonna be doing lots of conference final stuff. Sweet. Uh, I will have some like player review podcast probably coming out starting next week as we uh, lick the wounds from the season. And uh, yeah, that's all I got coming up right now. So stay tuned for that. Lockdown Raptors. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff uh, to both of our fine shows. And uh, Eric, man, this was fun, man. We, we should do it again sometime. Sounds good. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.